Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. It tells you everything about your values, your habits, your behavior, and it will not lie ever. And that's what people don't want to look at when they look at money, because that takes fortitude and strength and honesty. And any stories you have about yourself that are not true, go to die when you look at money. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. In the last episode, I shared a conversation about how our education system is built on the knowledge deficit model. It's the idea that whatever problem you have only exists because you're missing some knowledge. So later in our lives, when we bump into a problem, whether it's a problem with the world around us or ourselves, we first try to solve it by finding that little piece of knowledge that we're missing. We look for blogs, podcasts, books, accumulating knowledge, just like we're trained to do in school. But eventually, after reality punishes enough for our misguided beliefs about the world or ourselves, we wake up. We take the red pill. Now we're ready to actually learn something. You have to have this willingness to face reality before you can truly make inquiry a practice. And in this episode, you'll learn more about why good managers need to sit in this space and how you can do that. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. In fact, this series comes directly from the introduction to the course entitled Managing with Inquiry. It's free for Clear and Open members. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. So there's there's knowledge, skill, and awareness. Those are the, the sort of three components. And we're trained to think that knowledge is just about everything. And the truth is, it's just about nothing. Because, for example, here's a great example, financial management. I've trained hundreds of people how to financially manage, and most of them run into the same thing every time. Numbers. I'm not good with numbers. I don't like numbers. I love that phrase. I'm not good with numbers. What does that mean? You're not good with numbers. Do you know what level of math is required to be good with numbers? Like maybe sixth grade? Seventh grade, it's good to be able to convert a decimal to a percentage. That's useful, but mostly it's arithmetic. That's like fifth grade. And you can use a calculator, unlike you know, most of our school. No, use a calculator, right? So you don't have to do it in your head. You don't have to have your times tables memorized, which we did in like fourth or fifth grade, right? That's the numbers part. Do you know what the difficulty in financial management is all about? And no one gets this. Nope, because they're not conscious of it. They're not aware. It's your emotions around money. That's what it is. Because money is a symbol of value. And what we value is tied up with love. 
And we all are real screwed up about love until we're not. Because money has all sorts of baggage put into it. Freedom, power, self-expression, prestige, status. And so to look at how you spend your money, for example, is like looking in a mirror that they use on copiers, which is way, which are way more reflective and accurate than the mirror you look in. If, if a, a mirror, if you took one of the mirrors that are used in copy machines and put that on your wall, you might never leave your house. That's how accurate those mirrors are. That's what money is. It tells you everything about your values, your habits, your behavior, and it will not lie ever. And that's what people don't want to look at when they look at money. Because that takes fortitude and strength and honesty. And any stories you have about yourself that are not true, go to die when you look at money. And if you can do that, you'll be great with money. And it has nothing to do with your arithmetic skills. Isn't that interesting? You can intuit that this is true. But the vast majority of the world doesn't personally budget. They cost themselves thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars a year because they don't manage their expenses because they don't want to look at how much that $6 latte they have every day costs them, for example, or how much that smoking habit is costing them, or how uh, you know they keep lending money to that deadbeat brother-in-law of theirs who never pays it back or whatever, because that's the truth. That's what's actually happening. And numbers are some of the best reflectors of that. But again, most people don't want to look at numbers because they will not lie. They will tell you exactly what's going on. In fact, most people don't even have accurate financial reports because they don't even get close to looking at it. Because at least if somehow they end up looking at the P&L, well, at least it's not that accurate. So we won't really believe it. Well, it's not really exactly right. So that way I can just sort of look around. That number's not really right. Those two things are combined and the accountant needs it for taxes. But I don't need an actual accurate reflection and picture of what's actually going on in my life or business. That, what would I do with that? Might have to change something then. Might have to see that I'm actually different than I thought. You think you're a generous person, for example? What's your P&L say? How much did you give this last year? Right? Because that's where the truth is. Right? You think you're a frugal person? What was your restaurant category last year? You think you're a fun-loving, you know, entertainment-seeking kind of person who really in, in loves life? What's your entertainment budget say? You know, I tend to be too serious a person, and that's I have a budget line item called entertainment that I struggle to spend the money for. And every year I go, man, it's the only budget line item that I never exceed. Not even close. Another month went by without me, but at least I'm honest about it. What? constitutes fun for most people is not fun for me. What's fun for me is swimming three or four miles in the ocean and that's free. So I guess it works out, but it's still something I look at. And I just made a reservation at the finest restaurant on Maui yesterday, which will be very expensive. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That was moving out of my comfort zone. Ed, you're always telling me what to talk about next. What do you have to say? So uh, I think on that note, one of the finest examples I've seen is um, from your friend. I keep pronouncing his name wrong. Sarvis? Sarges? Sarkis. Um, the K. Sarkis. Sarkis. Uh-huh. He, he had a video that I, I took three days and practiced it. 
and he had you write down all of the things that you did and then compare them to what you think is actually important. It's like a <laughs> self-audit. And, and it was fascinating because of the things I actually did, I'm like, okay, I didn't try to change any anything. I'm like, okay, that's supposedly really important. This is what I say was really important. Wow, the disparity was, was huge because it was actually an audit of how I chose to spend my time. And that was really... You know, I told you this before. It was like, wow, I keep telling myself that I'm going to run and bike and, you know, do this healthy stuff. No, I'm not. I don't like to run or bike. Mm -hmm. And it caused me to have a shift because I was aware that I was saying these things are important, but they actually weren't. It was, it was a fascinating audit process of just where I really was. Yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. And that's not knowing. That's wondering the willingness to be like, okay, let's actually write down and compare. Is it really important to me? Well, my mind says it's important to me. Great. That's fine. What do your actions say? Not as a path to self-deprecate or humiliate yourself, not at all, but as a way to get in reality and accept it. Because until you are in that reality, change can't happen. And that's, that's what I want to talk about for a little while now. See, I told you Ed would tell me what to say. See, Ed danced a little bit and I went, oh, right. I'll, that's the song I'm supposed to play now. That's how it works. Thank you. So one thing we're going to talk about a lot is Loving What Is, which is the title of Byron Katie's book. Uh, if you feel like reading a book, it's not necessary, but if you feel like picking up a book during this course, best thing to do is to read Loving What Is by Byron Katie. We're going to work with uh, Byron Katie's work. She calls it The Work, which is um, both audacious and uh, simple at the same time. (laughs) It's The Work, right? But Byron Katie is a a brilliant spiritual teacher who brought uh, really an an ancient form of inquiry uh, that has its roots in Zen Buddhism into a very, very simple, accessible form that you can use with literally anybody. It's four questions and a turnaround. And uh, the questions are, are deceptively simple, and we're going to play with it a lot. But the basis of inquiry and really anything is the willingness to embrace reality. That's where not knowing delivers you to. And it's quite liberating as much as it can be very difficult. Because our conditioning, because it's all about knowing enables us, and I use that term intentionally, like in a negative way, it enables us to depart from reality. Because the the way the mind operates is it takes pictures of reality. It's not actually like if I described to you a cheeseburger with uh, onions and lettuce and pickles, if you like them, otherwise they can be on the side with uh, fresh baked bread and uh, you know all the things you want on it. That's my mind talking about a hamburger. Now, is anybody full? Because you ate something else, right? The the cheeseburger I described did not nourish you in any way. Why is that? That you just might think that's ridiculous. Well, because the mind is not actually operating inside of the realist reality. You can't eat the picture of the cheeseburger. What is this? We'll take five minutes to have a little fun here. What is this? Glass of water. Let's talk about what's inside the glass. What's that water? 
Water is just what we call it. it. Is it water? In Spanish, they would call it agua. In German, they would call it Wasser. So it's not that. What is that? Hydrogen and oxygen? Uh Uh-huh. Two hydrogens and one oxygen, right? Over and over and over again? Those hydrogens and oxygens, is that what they are? Or is that just what we call it? What we call it. Yeah, it's not like you look in an electron microscope and it's written on it, hydrogen, right, on the nucleus. That's just what we call it. What is that? Ah, oh, this is a really nice space of not knowing, isn't it? Notice how you feel right now. We have the not knowing space. That's cool. Let's just sit in that for a second. Allow yourself to not know what that is. Because that's the truth. We call it water. We call it H2O. Or you call it vaso. Or agua. Bill just answered the question. This is what it is. That's what it is. That's the direct experience of that. Everything else is made up. You could put out a fire with it. You could shave with it. You could wet your hair down with it. But none of that tells you what it is. That's just what you can do with it. Really let yourself feel that in your body. You don't know what it is. What is that? The more you allow yourself to really experience that you don't know what that is. What is that? Look at that. It kind of sticks to my finger, but it kind of doesn't. That's kind of interesting. If I put it on my skin, eventually it just dries on its own. That's pretty interesting. What is that? That's the space of not knowing. And in Zen, you do nutty things like look at a flower for an hour at a time and allow yourself to experience that you don't know what it is. I won't subject any of you to that, but if you're interested, I can certainly give you some assignments. So the reason this is interesting and important to cultivate, and you can do this anytime you want. Sometimes I'll do it when I'm following a car, you know, when I'm driving. You know, just sitting around, rather than just indulging all the random thoughts I'll have, I'll just look at the car in front of me and go, what is that? And the mind says, well, it's a car. Yeah, but what is that? That's just what we call it. And you can start to experience what it actually is apart from and behind all the stories we have about it, right? And with people, it's the most difficult. You can kind of freak yourself out that way. You start doing it with other people, right? Who is that? Well, that's Peter, that's Greystone, that's Kurt. Yeah, 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 that's just what we call them. But actually to look into someone's eyes and start to ask yourself, who is that? Without all of your stories about them, without the name you call them, because the name's made up. Right? Somebody just made that up. You might also find you've got some stories about them that are also made up. Well, they're handsome, they're judgmental, they're High performing, there are any of those things true all the time? Probably not. Well, then who are they? I promise this will get practical, but I want to give you a little bit of a taste of it. But just to open yourself up into that not knowing, it's really quite lovely, especially in nature, to look at something that's alive, an animal. You know, 
you probably can remember the first time you see an animal in the wild you've never seen before. There's this kind of awe, right? Wow, a bear. Remember the first time I saw a rattlesnake? I had no idea how loud those things were. Sound like a person screaming. The thing was about three meters away. And I was just in total awe, like, wow. Because my mind had really no boxes for the experience. I'd seen pictures and videos and all that. But my mind had no boxes to put it in. It was just, wow, there it is. What is that? The friend I was with scared him half to death. He'd seen one before, so he had some boxes to put it in. (laughs) Now, if it was, you know, at my feet, I might have put it into the box dangerous and jumped away. But this is how it happens when you're falling in love with someone for the first time. At least one of you that's happening with right now. There's this like, wow, you don't know who they are, who you are with them. What's going to happen? It's so exciting, right? And then the mind's like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Are we going to get married? Well, I don't know. We've known each other three weeks. Should we start planning the wedding? Mind, do you really need to know now? Isn't that funny? You see how the mind does that? It wants to know, no, 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 no. And how's that work? Are you enjoying all that time you're spending with this new love in your life while you're trying to solve the incredibly important problem of whether you're going to spend the rest of your life with them or not? It keeps you up at night, keeps you from listening to them, makes you say stuff you regret. Right? We torture ourselves with this need to compulsively know. That's the thing to start noticing. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.